women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Agotnerv Shabbos. And what a special parsha we have this week that fits so well with our time of year here in Johannesburg. Vayetze. And he went out. A time when children are leaving school, when families will be leaving on holiday. And we need to take a special lesson from this wonderful Parsha. This is the Parsha in which the nation is built. We want to make sure that everything in our lives has a focus, a goal, a balance, and that we don't do anything. We don't say things, do things, plan things that are contrary to our goal as individuals, as families, as communities, as a nation, as a universe. The unity that is needed in our lives needs to be understood. Each one of us is a body and a soul. Each one of us is a soul in a body. And each thing we do, everything we plan, wherever we go, we need to remember not only who we are, but to understand what is the purpose of each thing that we do, does it fit in with who I am and the goal that I'm working toward in my life? Because life is really everything. Life is not just when I'm not working and I have vacation, when I'm at a party or it's Shabbos, when I'm having a good time or when I finally am able to lie down and relax. Every moment of existence is life. And every moment of existence is a gift. And it's what we call a Lebensfrage. It's a matter of life and importance. Because Hashem made it and He's making it. He's designing it. He's bringing into being right now. And therefore, in the parsha that speaks to us about when the nation is built, Parshas Vayetze, let's look at it. How? Where? With what in mind? Vayetze Yaakov mebe'er shova vayelecharona. The Parsha begins that Jacob the patriarch went, he left a place called Be'er Shava, and off he went to a place called Choron. Who's Jacob the patriarch? He is what we call Bechir Ha'avis. He is the choice. He is the one whom we take our name from, whom we emulate the most. He is the balance. 
He has a grandfather, Avraham Chesed, a father, Yitzchak Gvura, loving kindness, strictness, or justice. He's the blend. He's what we call Midas HaEmes, truth, compassion, truth, Emes. Jacob, we are called Bnei Yaakov. Yisrael, we are called Bnei Yisrael. Both names are his. How? How does he prepare to build the family, the nation? We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. Well, how is the nation built? How is the nation built? It's built not in the land of Israel, not in the yeshiva, not in the holy place. For Yaakov Vayetze, he leaves, he goes out of Be'er Sheva. Be'er Sheva is where the yeshiva of Shaman Aver was. That's where he was cloistered. That's where he was secluded for 14 years, studying day and night, hardly sleeping, never actually lying down, pulling up the covers, and getting into bed for a good night's rest. And now, where's he going? He's leaving the yeshiva. He's leaving the holy land of Israel. He's going out into a place of absolute degeneration, absolute immorality, uncaring. Worse than that, they're out to cheat and trick people. It's actually a dark place. It's called Chadoinaf Shel Mokoim Ba'olam. It's where God is very distressed Ba'olam in the world. It's not just a place of upset, but it's a place of oilam, darkness, from the word helem, hidden. A place full of challenges, a place of hostility, a place of jealousy, a a place of conniving, a really unfriendly place. And where's he going? He's going to his uncle, Uncle Lovon. Uncle Lovon is a cheat, a liar, a trickster. And he loves the name Lavan. Lavan means white. He likes to pretend that he is such a gutinker. And the question is that that's where he's going to build a family, a family of refined, God-loving children, a family from whom the nation would be built? How? Why? How? Number one, Vayetze. Where is he leaving from? He's leaving from holiness, where he has been immersed, that has enveloped him, a place called the yeshiva, from the word lashevis, to sit to focus, to immerse yourself. And he gets up and he goes out of that holy environment, but he doesn't leave it behind. It has fortified him. Well, the challenges he's going to meet out there 
are not necessarily going to be the same as the challenges they won't be that he had previously. But he has the teaching, the training, the focus, the understanding. He's had his basic training. He hasn't yet gone to war. Then, what happens next? So right away, he prays. He formulates the evening prayer. The second thing he does is he prays. And what an incredible, incredible prayer he offers. What does he ask Hashem for? Well, he speaks to Hashem and he pledges. He says, if God will be with me and protect me on this journey, understanding that it's going to be fraught with danger. It is as Hashem, if you will be with me and protect me on this journey that I am undertaking, that I am knowingly going into, and if you'll provide me with bread to eat and clothing to wear, and return me to my father's house untainted. He's got a goal. He needs uh, food, clothing, and to come back home. But there's an inner meaning here. What he, the patriarch, is asking for and showing us the way is that bread and clothing refer bread to the study of Torah, clothing to the performance of mitzvahs. Why? Because when we study Torah, Hashem's wisdom becomes part of us, just as food becomes part of us. And when we keep mitzvahs, God's commandments, we get this incredible feeling that surrounds us, like a transcendent external feeling of inspiration. And it's like something like a garment that warms you, that surrounds you, that frames you. And returning to my father's house is coming back to who I really am. It comes back to I'm a soul. And if you keep me intact, Hashem, and you bring me back to my father's house, to the realm of holiness, after I temporarily go out into the world. And for us it means into the mundane world in order, what's my goal? I'm going there for a purpose, to refine that place, to elevate it to holiness. Please, Hashem, bless my journey. So there's study. Then there's prayer in these three areas. But there's also going to be action. What action is he going to do next? And the passage tells us that he takes from the stones of that place, the stones which we now know later became the site of the Holy Temple, Mount Moriah, the Holy Temple. And he placed these stones around his head, and then he went to sleep. Finally, after all those years, he lay down to sleep. What does it mean that he put stones around his head? 
And the Rebbe asked the obvious question. If he trusted God, why did he need a protection? And if he was not relying on miracles and was going to do something in the physical realm to protect himself, what about his hands? What about his feet? What about his heart? What about the rest of his body? And the Rebbe explains that the word Evan, which is a stone, is analogous to the idea of Kabbalah's oil, acceptance of the yoke of the heavenly kingdom, submission, humility. He knows that it's something huge he's going into, oilam, with his darkness, with his arrogance, with his denial of God. He wasn't thinking, I have to impress, I'd better learn the language there, I'd better see the fashion of the place, I'd better go in a way that they'll think that I'm a Schwitzer, I'm a Knacker, I'm a real svelte guy. No. He knew that his only salvation would be Ezri Me'im Hashem. My true salvation, my help, my support is from the Lord above, and he is Oisei Shemaim Va'aretz. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He's not just in Israel, in the yeshiva, in the shul, on Yom Kippur, in the sukkah, and when we blow shofar. He's not just under the chuppah. He's not just at those moments in life that are identifiably Jewish. Uh-uh. He's also Oisei Oretz. He has made this world. He has made society. And he directs the footsteps of man. He directs where a leaf that falls from a tree will fall. He coordinates and orchestrates the most incredible interaction on a molecular level, on a revealed level, but it's hidden from us. And he knew that he has to build a family and sustain a family. He's going into the world. Ois yeshiva bocher. He's no longer just sitting in the yeshiva. It's time to get to work. Get into the world. Build a family. Build a holy family. Build a connected family. And support them. And you have to know Jacob is telling us, where does your Parnosa come from? Where does your Gashmias, where does your physical sustenance come from? It doesn't come from going to university and getting a degree and having a career and working your head off. He puts stones around his head. As King David says, Yegia kapecho kisoichel, ashrecho v'toivloch. If you work of the toil of your hands, how fortunate are you? How good it is. How good it is for you. Because when we, God forbid, give our head away, all our thoughts, all we think about is how am I going to get the next rand, the next dollar, the next ruble, the next shekel. We have missed the point of life. Life is really 
about connection to Hashem, which comes through study of Torah to know, that's called guidance, and prayer to be connected, and deeds of goodness to improve the lives of others. And when we know where our sustenance comes from, our material and our spiritual sustenance, as Rimeim Hashem, I'm not going to earn more if I have a bigger degree. Yes, I should go to work. God will find a way to sustain me. Sustain me. Vishavti Bishaloim El Besavi. Please, God, bring me back in peace to the house of my father. He sets his sights right. He puts stones around his head, teaching us that you need to protect your head. If your head is protected, your heart will be protected, and your limbs will do the right thing. They will give tzedakah to the poor because you've studied and you know and you're focused as to what money's really for. Your feet will run to help another person. Your heart will look with love upon others. A stone has no will of its own. It's Kabbalah's oil. It's humility. It's silent. It's called doimeim. It doesn't move until you throw it. It doesn't roll until you kick it. And we become a vehicle in the hand of God. And what could be a better thing than we become the tool of God? And you know what happens? We then feel happy. We feel confident. We feel joyful in life. Like a dear man in my shul always says, Menucha san nefesh. To have that feeling of calm, of togetherness, to be able to sleep at night, to understand, in truth, where does my physical clothing come from? Where does my spiritual clothing come from? Where does my food come from? Everything's from Hashem. I stay focused on that goal, even when I'm in Choron. I'm in a place of buying and selling and cheating and jealousy and oi. I lose my peace of mind unless I remember why I'm here, who put me here, and I stay focused on my goal. And even though our patriarch Jacob is now on his way to a spiritually dangerous environment, we hear that he lifted his legs and he went to the land of the people who lived in the east. Suddenly he was light of foot. What happened over there? What actually happened? Because God came to him in a dream. It was an amazing dream. He lay down to sleep. He dreamed of a ladder that was deep in the ground with its head reaching way into the heavens. And the angels of God were going up and coming down. And Hashem stood over him and he said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. He promised him the land he was lying on. He promised him many, many children. 
He promised him that his children would be a blessing and all the nations of the world would want to bless themselves through his children, that they would want to be like them. And he said, I'll be with you. I'll guard you wherever you go, and I'll bring you back to this place. I won't leave you until I have fulfilled everything I've told you. And when Yaakov woke up, he said, oh, this is a godly place. There's God in this place I didn't know. I wouldn't have slept here. And he was in awe. And he set up a marker. He took that stone that had become one from all the stones around his head that he had slept on. And he marked it and he said, if you bring me back, if you give me what to eat, if you give me clothing, you bring me back to the house of my father intact, I'm going to make this place where I've put up this marker, this stone, the house of God, and I'm going to tithe everything for you. And there was this incredible exchange between Hashem and Yaakov, and with great confidence that he was now going to be protected, he went into the lion's den. We'll be right back. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker, and we're speaking about going out. We're speaking about Yaakov, our Jacob, the patriarch Jacob, going out from a place of holiness, going into a place that is so degenerate and so rife with widespread corruption. How does he fortify himself? He fortifies himself through Torah study that makes him well-nourished. He fortifies himself through the proper performance of mitzvahs. And when he observes God's commandments, he's properly clothed. And very importantly, then, to be properly focused on the goal. And why is he going to Choron? He's going to raise a family. Our goal in whatever we do to make this world God's home. And after he has prepared himself through study and prayer and being focused, he feels joyful. And it says his he lifts his feet and he goes to Choron with joy, with true joy. There's menuchas hanefesh there. How? Because even though he's on his way to a spiritually dangerous place, God's telling him to go. He's going on God's mission. And he's been promised protection. And every word in the Torah is not only for him, it's for us. And that protection, that promise, and knowing where he was going permeated to his very essence down to his feet he was full of joy he didn't feel he was leaving he was dragging himself he felt he was going somewhere and we can actually adopt that same joyful attitude confident attitude 
even for our mundane lives. You know, we've got so many things to do. But in each thing we do, we can bring that joy. Even though these things don't seem very spiritual, the real key is that beforehand, like Yaakov Avinu, we're nourished. We have the Torah study, the knowledge, the guidance. And we pray. And we're properly clothed. We should know that the mitzvahs that we do will surround and uplift us and protect us. And we know that each thing that we're doing and tackling, even if it's writing a menu, going to do the shopping, filling up our car with petrol, changing our baby's nappy, it's all the way God designed. It should be infused with tremendous, tremendous joy. God made this world. He made us. He made our challenges big and small. We know that many children are to be born to the patriarch Jacob from his four wives in this parsha. But we know that Rachel is his beloved wife. And when she finally has her first child, who is going to be the main successor to his father's life's work, that child is Joseph. And when she names him prophetically, she not only names him for his life, but she names him with a message for all of us. And she named him Joseph. Yosef, may he add. That's what it means in Hebrew, lahosif. And she said, may God add another son for me. And each one of the words in the Torah is chosen so carefully, and each one means something so major. In truth, her naming him and her prayer when she named him, may God add for me another son, actually described Yosef's spiritual mission in life. And that was to turn another into a son. What does that mean? Another, a stranger, someone else. The Rebbe explains that it expresses itself in three ways. How do you turn another into a son? First of all, there's the oilam, from the word helem, hidden. The world seems to be other. It seems to be separate from God. That's the first other. The second other is ourselves. So often, we don't feel alive. We don't feel connected. We don't feel like we're God's child, whom he loves and cares for, etc. And thirdly, all around us are God's precious children who actually aren't even aware that they belong. And our work is Yosef Li Ben Acher to turn the other into a son. How do we turn the world into a son? It seems so separate from God. By using it correctly. By having the right attitude toward everything that comes our way. 
we actually reveal that it's God. And this is just a son of God, a servant of God. Everything that's happening is an act of God. How do we turn ourselves into a son? Through teshuva, through returning to who we really are. Let's turn ourselves into sons who belong. Again, that would give us a tremendous feeling of menucha sanefesh, joy, balance. And finally, reaching out, reaching out to other people who seem to be far from Hashem. They seem to be estranged from God and revealing in them they are God's precious children. And to reveal in them that for them to live according to Hashem's plan is actually normal, natural for them. And very often we think to ourselves, how am I going to do this? What a daunting task. And the Rebbe promises us, let's not feel incapable. Let's not feel inadequate of changing ourselves the world, or helping others to find out who they really are. Rachel said, Yosef Li Hashem. We're not really doing it. We're just the instruments of Hashem. He's really the one who sets things up, gives chances, brings opportunities, sets the stage. And it's really he who welcomes his estranged child home. And, of course, Jacob also grows wealthy in that place. How? They constantly try and trick him, cheat him. But he has put a stone around his head and then under his head. He's protected his head. He stayed connected, nourished. He has stayed clothed. And through his simple sincerity, his stone attitude, which is... Whatever you want, Hashem. Not that he was a simple person. He not only came away with true wealth, which is good children, loyal children, beautiful children, but also physical material wealth. Yaakov was the one who was able to relate to all these different personalities. We're told that the 12 tribes that came from him all looked different, spoke differently, had a different way of looking at things. And Yaakov was a father to them all to the point where they were all unified in their service to God, connected to him. So this word vayetze, vayetze means go out and do something in the world. When Hashem spoke to Noach and he said, say min hateva, Come out of the ark. Vayetze Noach. Noach went out from the protected environment of the ark into a new world. And he had to populate it and he had to make it a home for God. Avraham was 75 years old. Bitzay Soy. When he went out on his mission for God. Away from his father's house away from the protected environment. Yitzchak, we find Yitzchak came out to pray in the field. From where did he come out? We're told he came out 
from spending three years in the Garden of Eden, immersed in Torah, after the binding of Isaac. He came out in prayer. Vayetze Yaakov and Jacob went out in this week's Parsha from the house of study. We must pray, but then we must go out to build the world. We must study, but then we must leave that protected environment to affect the world. And we find that Moshe went out, Vayetze Elechov. He went out to devote himself to his brethren in Egypt. And we now, many of us, are going to leave our environment. Here in Johannesburg, there's kosher food. Here in Johannesburg, we know where our shul is. Here in Johannesburg, we have Chai FM, words of Torah on the air. Here in Johannesburg, we have people who know us. And it kind of keeps us on the straight and narrow. It keeps us, in a sense, connected to Hashem. And when we go out, we need to be very careful to know that this, too, is part of God's plan for us. But not only for us, as with Jacob, that he build a family, but actually for others. God is setting the stage. Let us know that we must keep vigilant, keep our eyes open. Where is there someone to help? Not forget Kashrut. And to give our children that feeling and guidance that wherever you are, Hashem is there. There's no vacation from Hashem. He goes with us. He goes ahead of us. He sets the stage. Let's do as Jacob did. Let's do our part. Good Shabbos. And have a good holiday.